0: Today we'll continue exploring the Murita practice, the practice of sympathetic or empathetic joy. I'll review a little bit of just an overview of the quality and talking about the practice, probably a review some of what Sally said yesterday. and then talk a little about where the practice heads. Then we'll do a little bit of practice together. So I like the translation, Sympathetic Joy. Sometimes that's called Empathetic Joy. But the Sympathetic Joy uh, reminds me of the phrase Sympathetic Vibration in music. And uh, that refers to how if you have two strings close to each other on an instrument, when you pluck one of them, the vibration from that string will um, affect the string that's next to it. And there'll be some overtones that, so there's like a resonance that happens in one string near the other one as that vibration happens. And that's how I understand this uh, exploration of sympathetic vibration. When we experience or see or connect with the happiness or joy of another, when our heart is open and soft, it will resonate in sympathy with that and experience a kind of joy in sympathy with that. But it does take a heart that is soft it takes a heart that is available to be resonated with, and that is part of the challenge with the the mudita practice. It's said I can't remember where I. I mean, I've heard this in in many times a teacher gave a talk, but I think it it is actually said in in some of the texts, maybe in the Visuddhimagga, um, that it's. One of the most challenging of the Brahmaviharas is to develop. And they say that it's easier to feel compassion for strangers than it is to feel joy for a dear friend. Because so much of how our minds work around this quality. As I started exploring the metta practice and... Um, in my early first years of of practice, I began to understand that my mind had a view around happiness in particular, happiness, delight, joy, that if some of my friends were experiencing happiness, it meant there was less for me, that it was like a zero-sum game. There's only so much happiness to go around and so in actively wishing happiness for others, it felt like I was wishing the opposite for myself. And so this was, a, this was part of my challenge in working with it. But as I began to touch into the quality itself and to feel and connect with the, that resonance, I began to understand more of what um, the Dalai Lama said. It's a kind of famous quote by the Dalai Lama. This was a number of years ago um, that he said, it's good to take happiness in the happiness of others because then you increase your chances for happiness six billion to one. <laughs> and that's more what it's actually like. That when we can delight in the happiness of others, we have greater chances in, uh, for for happiness for ourselves, and when we're not feeling um, the far enemies, or the um, yeah the far enemies of of murita, of envy of of um, jealousy, um, and when our heart is not constricted around it, then we can experience this delight in the delight of others. Sometimes. For myself, at least, um, you know the the formal practice of mudita was um, not the first place I felt mudita. I really felt it first in the mindfulness practice, as I began to be more open to um, how I was yeah as i as I just explored, how am I in my experience, and um, open to what's here? At one point, I was on retreat with a dear friend. And I was doing walking meditation in the upper walking room here, and and I came to the the window, and I looked out into the courtyard. I was just seeing the people walk by, and my friend walked by. And I could see that that my friend was walking with real mindfulness. A lot of calmness and peace, and I was just filled with joy. It's like, wow, that's what they mean by mudita. Wow, that is so cool. And I told my friend at the end of the retreat, "You were my first experience of mudita." It was just so um, uh, clear what it was, and so sometimes mindfulness can be our first doorway of of experiencing this quality. Uh, for some, it may come through the the mudita practice. It's a beautiful emotion when we can touch into it. And it has no element of stinginess about it. So, um, in choosing beings to practice with. One of the, one of the places I discovered for myself a very easy doorway for mudita is babies. You know, just seeing their delight in small accomplishments. You know, walking over a, you know, a, a toddler learning how to walk and walking on the playground over something a little rough one of my friends described how uh, her child, just as a toddler, would try to walk over this little l- uh, little lump on the playground, and she would fall over. She'd get up and she'd try it again, and she'd try it again, and finally she walked over it without falling down, and she just burst into peals of laughter. And you know, just hearing that story made me feel murita. you know so so th- this this kind of um, we can, I think more easily recognize that the delight of babies does not take away from our own (laughs) happiness. (laughs) So this may be a good place to start um, to to connect with that. So Sally talked a little bit about the phrases and we'll we'll talk a little bit about that um, again. You know, I'll mention some of the phrases. But I just want to also mention you know the, the mudita to practice using the phrases um, um, connecting with a being and uh, wishing them for their happiness to continue and so this again in the in the the, the brahma vihara practice when we 're doing compassion practice, we orient and connect with wha- what struggles you know that, that we, when, when we bring a friend to mind, we orient to Oh, what, the struggles in their lives, so that we can explore how our heart um, uh, responds in relationship to that suffering of another being, and so in the um, in the in the. A compassion practice we pick somebody and we orient around whatever struggles they have. In the mudita practice we orient around their joys and their delights and we wish that their delights, their happiness, their success will continue, will grow, will not abate. And in this practice there can be quite a bit of um, contraction. So this is not Anything to be right yourself about, I think, as I, I, I think I mentioned in the in the uh, first time when I talked about metta, how the metta practice, like being um, a washing machine, the metta being like the soap that pulls the the dirt out of the clothes into the water, it draws essentially its opposite to to it. So this uh, this practice. Another teacher talked about the metta practice or the brahma vihara practice as being like running a, a, a magnet over our heart, and a magnet pulls the opposite out. And so it brings it into consciousness. And so it's to be expected that we don't necessarily have an easy time of it. I think Temple mentioned this morning around the phrases that we orient to the intention, the wish. You know, may your happiness continue. May your um, success grow. We orient around that as a wish, as an intention. We may or may not feel the kind of um, appreciative resonance at first. But at first we orient around the, the phrase. We, we say the phrase, we understand its meaning and connect to just the wish just this kind of intention that this come to pass. The way that... Um, that works, the, the Buddha talked about how we orient our mind, where we uh, incline the mind to, becomes its inclination. You know, whatever we ponder becomes the inclination of the mind. And that includes all of the hindrances and all of our conditioned patterns, but it includes when we incline the mind towards love and compassion and joy, it it increases the possibility for those states to arise. And so we are working with intention here in this practice. and we may not feel it at first as i as i said you know for me this was pretty this was pretty dry in the formal practice but i did begin touching into it in the mindfulness practice which helped then to inform the possibility of feeling it in the formal practice of mudita so this practice, as with the other uh, Brahma-viharas, we shift in categories. Um, we start with uh, a happy being, one for whom it's pretty easy, for one for who, who is experiencing happiness that we know that we can connect with. I think babies are a great place to start. Um, and then we shift to ourselves, to benefactor, neutral person, difficult person, just as with the other. Uh, categories just with the other brahma-viharas. Today in the guided meditation we're going to keep it simple. We'll stay with um, an, an easy being, a happy being, and ourselves. But I want to speak a little bit and you can play over the next days with, if you wish, uh, to, 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 to make some forays into um, dear friend, neutral person, difficult person. The dear friend, um, the the challenge there can be, you know, the feelings or the the jealousy, the resentment. You know, my, you know, when we connect to, to happiness that somebody else is having that's close to us is well, why not me? Why is that good thing not happening to me? You know, so that's a piece of the purification. That's a piece of of noticing. Oh, how the heart kind of constricts or has a view, a belief that somehow this is. Um, Excluding me, the neutral person. Um, sometimes, with the neutral person, with the with dear friend, with a happy being, we know the kind of happiness. With ourselves, we we explore connecting to, and with ourselves, it can be a really great practice if you can connect with where are you feeling happiness, particularly in the practice, because as uh, as Nyanaponika points out. He says, you know, in this wishing for joy and happiness, you know, we're not wishing for somebody to be happy in the, um, um, in harming other beings. You know, if somebody thinks that they are happy in harming other beings, we're not wishing for that kind of happiness to continue. So we are wishing for a, a, a true happiness. And uh, Nyanaponica says, Let us teach real joy. Many have unlearned it. Life, though full of woe, holds also sources of joy and happiness, unknown to most. Let us teach people to seek and find real joy within themselves and to rejoice in the joy of others. And so the with the neutral person, we may not know what kinds of happinesses they're connecting with uh, but we can know that all beings you know just the the simple things we wish for them any happiness that they're having around connection and love and care and um, you know moments when their suffering falls away and they have a moment of delight and simple being in nature you know there's there's human, delights and joys that we can potentially just imagine a neutral person engaging with. And if you're picking a neutral person from this retreat, you can appreciate that they have found the Dharma, that they are committed to cultivating those qualities of heart and mind. So that those are things that we can appreciate about each other And about ourselves, I I was mentioning, you know, doing um, mudita for ourselves. We can connect with that goodness, that beauty, and may find at times that taste, like I think Temple was talking about, just that contentment, that maybe just is a little bit of contentment with being with just this breath. And so, you know, feeling that contentment, we can appreciate that. I think often in our, in our um, mindfulness practice, sometimes we, we feel almost like guilty about feeling good. It's like appreciate it. Not so we can have appreciative joy for our own goodness and our own beautiful qualities that come. The joy, the delight that arise in our practice. And then the difficult person... Um, you know, we're not, as I said a few minutes ago, you know, with a person who's difficult, it can be sometimes hard to get past um, um, things that they've done to us. But again, we can potentially connect to, um, first of all, recognizing um, that the difficult things that are coming up in a difficult relationship are about dukkha. Probably on both sides of the relationship there's some um, misunderstanding or some um, clinging happening. And so we we can know that that person is is potentially engaging in unskillful action. We see in our own minds unskillful action as being a result of conditions. And so we may be able to kind of set that aside. It's not that we are like condoning anything anybody has done unskillfully. But we are acknowledging basically that we're all a bundle of both wholesome and unwholesome. We are not wishing for any, uh, for them to be happy based on um, cruelty or based on anything that they're doing that is unskillful. We're wishing for a true joy, a true, for for the delights, the joy to be uh, uh, continuing based on that true happiness. One challenge that can arise with the difficult person, and again, I'm just mentioning this because um, um, we have a couple days now where we're not going to have the vihara in the hall, and as you practice over the next couple days, you might want to try, explore the the mudita practice for the neutral and difficult person. I think with the, um, the difficult person, um wishing them to be successful and happy, wishing for their happiness to continue. Sometimes um, we may, like, have the wish for them to be truly happy and uh, have that kind of true joy and delight so that they will stop bothering us. or So that they'll, their mind will not be in that place where I'm in conflict with it. And that's not the true Murita. You know, that's that's the kind of to that wants something for me in return. And so n- just be on the lookout for that. You know, it's like, oh yeah, I could wish that political leader to be very happy so that they stop doing these things. Okay, well, maybe that's not true midi- to practice. So when working with difficulty, as you come up against difficulty, the first thing to do is to just try to connect to the intention, recognizing again we're not going to be able to feel this quality all the time. So just trying to connect with, you can I just say the phrase and understand the meaning? That's all I need to do here. I have seen at times in my own practice that is still too hard saying the phrase, understanding the meaning my heart, just gets tighter and tighter. And so then it can, it can make sense to drop back to an easier being, to a, another place, go, go back to um, a child that makes it easy to evoke the quality. Or turn to compassion for yourself, or turn to um, the Vipassana practice to hold the challenge. So let's practice for a little while. Again, the, the uh, proximate cause is a place where we begin. And so for, let's first just start by settling in, finding a, a comfortable posture and checking into how your heart feels. How is the heart in this moment? Whatever it, however it is, is fine. So how is the heart in this moment? Letting yourself maybe breathe through that area, seeing if there can be an inclination towards softening, exploring the possibility of a soft heart. And beginning with whatever being is easiest for you to appreciate their success, their good fortune. Some of the phrases that are whatever phrase feels most connecting to you. You I'm happy that you're happy. Or if that feels like not quite an accurate reflection of what's actually going on, may I be happy that you're happy. May your happiness continue. May your joys increase. May you have happiness and abundance. And I also find it helpful in the Mudita practice to give yourself time to feel into. This, the way intention practice works, we express the intention and then we can check in, how has that intention landed in the heart? We can just see how does, it's like dropping a a pebble into a smooth pond. There'll be little ripples from the pebble and so thinking of dropping these phrases into our hearts. May your happiness continue and see how does the heart ripple resonate in sympathy, perhaps, with that phrase. So taking that time to feel into that. And connecting with the being. And if it's yourself you're working with, Perhaps just your sense of yourself right now. Connecting with the being, expressing this wish. You enjoy happiness and abundance. How does that land in your heart to make that wish? Continuing for the next few minutes to wish joy, happiness, abundance, being. And if it feels appropriate to you to switch to self, if you have not been doing self yet, or to, if you have been doing self, bring in another being for whom it's relatively easy to connect with their happiness, their success and abundance. Sometimes using imagination, imagining this being, being happy and support a little spark of that quality. Or for yourself, remembering a time. If you're not in that place right in this moment, remembering an experience of joy and that can sometimes spark the quality. Connecting to the being, saying the phrase, understanding its meaning, and checking in. How does that land as you drop that wish or phrase into your heart? Now I'd like to invite you to, as we did last week, imagine yourself together with this being, with both of you wishing together. May we both enjoy happiness and abundance. May our joy grow. That's just as a reminder that it's not exclusive. How is it to feel that wishing together? For the last minute or so, imagining the two of you together wishing abundance and happiness for all beings. May all beings without exception enjoy abundance and happiness. So again, if you would um, like to stay for a few minutes, and um, we can have some questions, but if you'd prefer to stay in the silence, you're welcome to leave. Nisha, can you do the mic? Would you be willing to do that? Or can you or can you stay? Yeah, great. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.